In the world of business, profit is everything. Those that are not profitable are condemned from memory. And the most important business of all is watching anime. Anime is all right, I think. Uh, Anime is canceled. I, the we new need thing to, is. We we need to do some more research on this topic before we just yes. make any broad. Well, no. no, it's not like a we're it, we're canceling it because of content. It's due to coronavirus concerns. Anime is canceled due to coronavirus concerns. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of something funny, but I'm not funny. I just remembered. Uh, yeah, that's why your intro is always boring. <laughs> Welcome back to the weekly anime performance review, the show where we, uh, your three high-powered uh, anime business executives, perform the task of uh, deciding the performance of anime weekly. Uh, I am John, your CEO of Weebs. I am Chris. And I'm Andrew, the CEO of making sure only the main characters have interesting character designs. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, so JoJo. I mean, if you know the what user could be, anyone about, it's obvious. But I'll take that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's an exciting time at our company because we have a whole new slate of employees here. Uh, ten brand new hires, and well, one contractor that we just kind of forgot to fire. Uh, nine. Nine new hires. Nine new hires and a contractor. Uh, and there's still an intern. Whatever. Anyway, uh, we have ten new shows, and we're here to review their performance today. Uh, this is very exciting. Uh, it's been a while since I've had to write so many summaries. My writing hand hurts. Because uh, I write them on paper like a freak. No wonder we're in the red. We have to keep buying paper. Half of this episode is just going to be flipping around my notebook trying to find my summaries. Our first... Uh, show by popular demand. This was the number one in our poll. Is Gal and Dinosaur? So in episode one, the gal leaves the dinosaur at home, but it turns out to not be a big deal. Turns out dinosaurs love ramen. Turns out cats love dinosaurs. And in the second episode, Kaide's friend Yamada comes to visit. They try to get a bit of Instagram clout using Dino, and then they wind up getting engrossed in a TV show. Later on, Dino meets uh, Kaede's ex and winds up playing card games with him. Old Maid's the only good card Old game. Old Maid is the only <laughs> good card game. <laughs> that, that was that one trip where we just played nothing but Old Maid for like a week. That yeah, was great. What a time. time. That was fun. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, if you mean to say, say it first. There you go. Um, the problem is, this show was pretty much just your summary. Yeah. Like, it tried to be comedy, I think, but it was very bland. Yeah, it's. I think that um, I, my number one issue with it is that how much like dead air there is. Right, and sometimes it's a good joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but but it's it's hardly ever a good enough joke to warrant the level of buildup it gets. Right. Yeah. And like the joke is usually Dino makes face. Dino makes a face because he likes or doesn't like something that Kaide has suggested. 
I mean, Dino does make the best faces, but yeah. He, does, he is cute. I like him a lot. Uh, but I don't think that Dino mugs are going to really carry this one the whole way yeah. for me. It, like, And like, if it was just like, if they could just like shave off about 30 seconds of each of the segments and maybe include one more of them out of those 30 seconds, right. you'd have a real winner here. Yeah. But the pacing is just too slow uh, for my taste. Yeah. Well, and you, if you include the almost, I don't know if it's claymation or what it is, but the in-between like stop-motion segments. Yeah, like those yeah. are even slower paced. Yeah. Right. It's like it's like, a, it's like a, a minute of making a ramen. Right. Yeah, like I can, I can literally just, I can go to my pantry and do that right now, and it's basically the same effect. Right, and I get, it is somewhat funny at times, and it's like, huh, little chuckle, but that's it, it's, it's not worth it. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really, it's a lot of build up for not a lot of payoff. It is which pretty is such though. a shame because it it's so nicely animated. Yeah, it looks really nice, uh, but it's just the premise does, and the premise is really appealing. Mm-hmm. But that that those alone don't really carry it when the yeah. jokes just aren't hitting. Like I, I really like the design of Dino and just like how goofy he looks. Oh, I would absolutely buy like a. Like I'm sure there's gonna be Dino toys out the wazoo, uh, next anime convention or whatever. Yeah. But uh, if there's an anime convention. If there's ever another anime convention. Uh, wow, that's that made me sad. Hey, there will be, let's face it. Yeah. There will um, be, but it'll be a minute. Maybe maybe by the time that there's the next anime convention, we'll be popular enough that they'll give us a panel or something. Hopefully. <laughs> maybe by the next anime convention, we'll be the dinosaurs. Maybe yes. we'll be the dinosaurs. Maybe we'll be the fossils in the Earth. We'll get to cosplay as Dino. And the aliens will land on the, will land and host a giant anime convention that covers the whole planet. Anyway, and I feel like our review of this is short, but it's like there's literally nothing else to talk about. Andrew, what? So this show is divided into a animated and live action segment. Yes. You watched the live action segment. Was it? What were the differences? No, it because was... it was the same pacing but more boring. Okay. Oh, so it's the same pacing, but even not even animated. Right. I got like two minutes in, and it is different. Like, for example, since it's a guy, she's like, oh, I'm going to sit down and do my makeup. And he's like, oh, I'm going to do my hair. Um, and then I'm like, you know what? That's fine. I don't need to watch this. It's the same speed. Okay. But then in the second episode, I skipped forward a bit, and he was talking to the landlady in the second episode. Um, and she's like, oh, no, don't let the cold air in. And I'm like, that was not in this episode at all. So I think it is a bit different. Um, but it's. Ultimately, I don't care to watch it. I don't really regret uh, skipping the live action segment. Because it's live action, not anime, so I don't feel bad about that. I think I think Kieran from Team Four Star said it best. The worst sin a show can commit is to bore me. And this show definitely did that. I'm going to fire. I'm also going to fire uh, for this. Did he say that in uh, in FMK or yeah. on Twitter or something? It was FMK. OK, um, I got to fire it. This show. I want to like it, but I can't. So sorry to everybody that voted for this one, but it's not really our speed. I mean, I'm yeah. pretty sure I voted for it. I, I'm pretty sure I did, too. But uh, I was kind of disappointed by, you know, I thought it'd be more funny. <laughs> That's what it boils down to. <laughs> yeah. Next up on our list is our contractor, which we have brought on for this season, uh, Kaguya-sama. 
uh, which we spent a whole like 45 minutes gushing about before. Uh, so uh, in episode one of season two, uh, Chiga subjects the crew to her new game. Hayasaka does secret agent stuff. Kashiwagi's relationship is speculated upon. And Kaguya realizes Shiragane's birthday is coming up. And then in episode two, Kaguya, Kei, Chika, and Chika's sister go window shopping, and Kaguya tries to pick Kei's brain about what to get Miyuki for his birthday. She makes a choice, holds a trial, and tries to use her birthday gift as a bargaining chip. Uh, I I really appreciated that uh, season two of this show did not kind of spend all that time easing us back in. Like It was just like, no, we're, we're back, we're going, let's go. Uh, I really appreciated that we were just kind of straight back into the rhythm. Uh, we got the animated adaptation of the "Okay, you died" panel, which I was happy about. <laughs> yeah. One thing is that I do wish that there was something that mentioned the ending, like that just eased us a tiny bit, like one segment into it. The first episode started with uh, the ending of season one. Yeah. Okay, then apparently it started with her saying, "I'll get you to say I love you." Yeah. Yeah, but then it didn't do another segment. Like, I didn't go back to check it, but I think the original chapter ends differently than it does in the anime for the first Mm -hmm. season, Mm -hmm. and so I think like it ends on a more content, like open ending to keeping it ongoing, where you wouldn't need to be eased back in. Right. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Whereas this. And so this, there weren't really any chapters to really ease back into a status quo from. So they just did it. Well, there wasn't even like a, oh, one week later or anything. Like it just. Well, that's because the first segment took place before summer. Because like, I think they said, like at the end of yeah. it, they said that was, this was before summer. Yeah, I, I I think so now. I would believe that. Also, sorry if you hear Nutmeg squeaking. She liked to bring her toy up here and get me to go and play with her. Uh, I really liked episode two, especially. Yeah. Uh, I thought all this stuff with uh, Kaguya and Kay was very funny, and that, like, <laughs> Kaguya almost develops a crush on Kay just because of how similar she is to her brother. <laughs> and I really did like how she humbled herself a bit for the whole birthday thing. Yeah. Because even though it is like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to admit that I love you, but it's like, this is worth it. Yeah. And then they all managed to dunk on Chica about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like how I also like how Ishigami has developed from the like, oh, I'm just always going to leave being sad to making other people leave because they're sad. (laughs) (laughs) He kind of channeled it into meanness. Yeah. I feel like it's 50 50. I'm surprised he didn't leave in the game segment. (laughs) Yeah. Also, uh, as a Pink Floyd fan, I am a sucker for trials taking place inside characters' minds. Yeah. That happened twice this. Like, it happened twice in in the uh, stuff we watched for this. That should have uh, been my CEO title. Damn. I w- I didn't think the um the trial happened this early too. Like I thought it was later in the month. I was I was hoping that'd be a recurring thing, but yeah. I mean, it, it might have been later, and they just adapted it. Or yeah. Something. Like it it does come up again. Anyways, I think that brings us to voting. Yeah, uh, I vote to retain. I also vote to retain. Yeah, I gotta retain. I mean, if you saw our Kaguya-sama special, like, this show's probably gonna last. We're, this we're, it's gonna win again. <laughs> I, although, Not again. Uh, yeah, it wasn't competing in season one. If, if last, 
if the first season of Kaguya-sama is to go off of anything, we should be getting the uh, new dance this week in episode oh, three. Oh, that's oh, true. Who do, who do you guys think it's going to be? Hopefully Ishigami. Ishigami. Yeah, right? <laughs> or one of the new characters that's in the OP that we haven't met yet. Yeah. It could be um the girlfriend. Kashiwagi? Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be her. No, but I'm full, just saying, full like... Hayasaka dance. Yeah. Oh, I think, that that actually is very lazy. I think it's either going to be Hayasaka, Eno, who's, who's the brown-haired, or yeah, Chica dance part two, <laughs> or just yeah, or just Chica dance part two. Yeah. that's always a possibility. I think what it's going to be one of the same song again, but it's different choreography. <laughs> they do the same song, but it's like all the girls doing it. <laughs> like even though all the lyrics song. are about Chica, yeah, the same song, same choreography, but it's Ishigami. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next up on our list is Apare Ranman, and in episode one, Apare is a listless tinkerer who's in trouble with a local noble who sicks his samurai Kosame on him. Uh, Apare decides that now it's the time to test out his experimental steamship, and he and Kosame are accidentally propelled to Los Angeles. In episode two, Apare and Kosame struggle to find work in the U.S. until Apare resolves to enter the Transamerica Wild Race. Along the way, they meet some allies, including Jing. Uh, who is a Chinese-American uh, racetrack employee. Uh, they attempt to rescue a Native American kid from some hooligans and are in turn saved themselves by a mysterious other race car driver. Uh, <clears throat> this one is really fun. Uh, yeah. I, I love the dynamic of Apare just not giving a crap about anything and Kosame just constantly... Giving a crap about everything. Giving a yeah. crack, crap about everything. Yeah, exactly. That describes our dynamic perfectly. Well, and the at the very beginning, before the first um, OP, they showed them racing. Yeah, yeah. I it showed. It started out with the the kickoff of the race, and then we went back to see how we got here. Well, I won't say the only, but a criticism I have is that this is about the race, so it's taking so long to get there. Well, I think it's taking so long to get there because it wants to get us invested in these characters before the race actually starts. So that way we care about these people. It's like how the plot of full metal alchemist doesn't actually start till like the fifth or sixth episode. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just like, I want to see the race. Like that was interesting. Or the, or, or heck Trigun, which the plot starts in like episode 12 <laughs> of a 26 episode anime. Yeah. Well, I also think that if we didn't have these episodes, then we'd be like, why do I care about these characters? Mm -hmm. No, I mean, or, I get it. I just yeah. think it needs to be sped up a tiny bit so that maybe now we're getting into the race rather than I think probably the end of episode three or something we're going to get. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, my main thing is that I, I love the dynamic of Afare and Kosame. Like, they mm -hmm. are such fun characters together. Yeah. Like, I feel like you could dub over, like, Game Grumps dialogue with the two of them or something. <laughs> yeah. Also, I will say, this is the show that I was talking about for my CEO title. I figured. Yeah. Because all the characters <laughs> have interesting designs. Oh, um, oh yeah. Because, like, Apare looks absolutely nuts for living in, like, 1880s Japan, and nobody really questions it. Yeah. Yeah. And then well, even, um, what was her name? Jing. She, I mean, she looks traditionally Chinese, but it, I think it looks great, but it's also like, 
but she's obviously main character. Well, she's got like or she's the, got like the cheap pal that's cut off at the midriff, which yeah, that's, that's not, not how cheap pals work. That's not. That's not. Um, also, she's Chinese, and of course, she knows kung fu. So you know, yeah, defaults to stereotypes a little bit, but in kind of that's like true. a non. I don't want to say non-offensive way, but in like a. I don't think it's trying to be well. Of course, I think it's. I think it's more. They want everyone, at least all the racers, to have someone who fights. Yeah. So she's since she's she's maybe going to be a racer. She is. Yeah. No, they showed it. No way, she's not. And also, the Native American that we showed her at the beginning racing. Yeah, I know. And and they seem they seem to have some sort of team. She seems to have some sort of team agreement with Apare and Kasame. Yeah. That she she's like you guys do the thing. So well, maybe they. She's not a racer yet. Right, but she seems even once she is a racer, she seems to still be in kind of yeah, like a yeah. team with them. And there's also like if you watched the uh, end of the ED, it shows like a preview for the next episode. Yeah, and it showed like the blonde, like not the guy who saved them, but like a the noble guy. lord looking, the fancy guy. Yeah, he. It yeah. showed him in the workshop, kind of gushing over Apare's steam car yeah and so what i think i think there's going to be a rivalry between them because he's also going to build a car yeah yeah well the other races we know it's the team of three which is opera uh i can't remember their names i wrote them down kosame kosame and and the native american kid yes i assume he's native american because he's got kind of reddish skin i hope he's native american yeah um (laughs) then there's jing who's another racer there's that fancy guy and i think his sister but i don't think she's a racer and purple yeah. man and then there's the purple cowboy there's a disco dude there's two mad max people oh yeah the disco dude who's listening to hip-hop beats in his car in the 1800s yep <laughs> um and then there's the two mad max people and is there someone else or is that it i think that's it <laughs> so i yeah. wonder if it's just going to be about those characters the whole time and it'll, like, i think so all bouncing off each other because that'd be really cool so they might take a couple of them out of the running, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what I think is going to happen is like in episode nine or 10, the main characters, like the main team of three, Jaolin and the noble guy are all going to crash and they're going to end up combining their cars together to make mega car. <laughs> yeah. I think they are going to have to put the race on hold and work together somehow. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's, like they'll have to like save each other from falling into the grand canyon or something yeah Yeah. (laughs) they're gonna have to work together at some point if they don't go to the grand canyon they have to they have to go to the grand they have to go to the hoover dam and drink the dam water hoover dam wasn't built until the 1930s chris (laughs) it'll be a long race john they have have a guy they have a guy listening to beats by dre they're gonna they can go to the hoover dam in the 1800s (laughs) i guess that's true Who's it named after? Because Herbert Hoover wasn't born yet, or he wasn't even for the vacuum cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. Uh, I vote to retain. <laughs> I I also vote to retain. I'm gonna vote to retain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up on our list is Digimon Adventure. So in episode one of Digimon Adventure, Tai Chi prepares for camp while his mom and sister are out. Suddenly, a cyber attack. The trains are out of control. And Tai Chi's family is endangered. Tai Chi is suddenly pulled into the digital world and meets Agumon, who fights the monsters infesting the digital world. One of the bad Digimon gets big and scary, but Agumon is able to evolve himself and defeat the enemy. Digivolve. 
Digivolve, whatever. I have, I, I knew that they just term. said evolve. They didn't say Digivolve. They, technically, they didn't say Digivolve. Uh, and the second episode, the wild Digimon tried to attack the U.S. military. Uh, Taichi no. and Greymon, what? They succeed. They, they look, do I'm not getting try to, that. to attack. I'm, okay. I'm getting to that. Uh, Taichi and Greymon meet Garurumon and Yamato. Uh, Greymon has two minutes to defeat the evil Digimon and stop a nuclear war, which he fails in doing. The missile is launched at Tokyo. Listen, they're going to blow it up. They're going to stop it mid while it's flying. Oh, 100%. They're going to disarm it right before it hits. Okay, but like, legit though, I did not expect this children's anime to go for nuclear missiles in the second episode. Well, I think, I think. I heard this is based on one of the movies. Yeah, that's what I heard too. Yeah. Uh, and I gotta say, I was totally blown away by this show. Because I went to this with very low expectations. Because, uh, I've as we talked about last time, I'd never seen anything Digimon. Um, and so I was like, oh, it's like kitty stuff. It's not going to really be that interesting to me. But like, dang, if this didn't get me. Because uh, the production values are really high, uh, mm. the music was popping off like the whole time. Like yeah. the music in the show is incredible, uh, and it was just really slick and like actually really tense in its action scenes and stuff. Uh, I really enjoyed this more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, I mean, it may be a children's anime, quote unquote, yeah. but it's a franchise, and they got. But money. it goes crazy, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, I will say the one thing is that Koshiro, the tech guy, who the, the, yeah, the other he... kid going to the Digimon world or whatever. Yeah. I don't get how in a fourth grade you're able to do what he's able to do. Listen. It well, it said that like his computer is like the same time that Tai Chi got pulled into the digital world, his computer like mutated into like a super fancy thing. Right. But said. it seemed like regardless, he would have known about the nukes anyways because he just has friends everywhere. Yeah. Which I'm like, okay. But he probably that, couldn't have a... done anything. <laughs> Probably not. Isn't that so in somebody's playbook in Monster of the Week? I think so. <laughs> Probably. Um, I will say, like, it is very well done. Yeah. And I did uh, like how they updated it. Kind of with like, mm -hmm. it's a bit more interconnected and it feels like a modern world. Yeah, yeah it's certainly like a, a modern take on it. Like, it's not going back to like the technology level when the movie was made. Yeah, or the original series. And I've heard it said that this is this new anime is a great place to jump onto the Digimon franchise uh, if you're good. not familiar with it. And as someone who jumped on with this anime, that's true. It is very good. And it doesn't like overload you and like, expect you to know anything uh, that, uh, you know, that's not established already. Like, that's what I was really concerned about, is that they just throw all this crap at me and just be like oh, excuse me yeah i think if you knew digimon you would get a couple more of the references like yeah the symbols that keep popping up or like um like the sun symbol and the two circles okay yeah like a line like i think they might you might understand what they mean but i don't think you need to yeah yeah so chris did you have anything to say because i feel like John and I dominated that one a bit more. Oh, yeah, I pretty much agree every with everything you say. Uh, I think I have a, I have a bit more experience with Digimon than you guys do. It's like I, I read a little bit of the manga because like my school library had it, and so I read they had like the fourth through seventh volume, so I read those. It's funny because like 
a lot of school libraries will just stock whatever manga because they think manga is all for kids. So yeah. I've like I've seen High School of the Dead in a middle school <laughs> library before. Yeah. And I was like, that should not be there. Yeah. Odd question. Are y'all getting almost like Code Lyoko vibes from this? I've never seen Code Lyoko, but a little. Okay. It reminds me a lot of Mega Man Battle Network. If you ever played those games on Game Boy yeah. Advance. Because uh, that was also all about like, oh, viruses like live in the yeah. digital world and you kill them and they and they keep them from causing computer glitches in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much Code Lyoko as well. Yeah. Well, I think I think the original series is more of an isekai. Yeah. So maybe they chose to adapt this story so they could get a little a little bit away from where the current trend is. Maybe. Or maybe they also did it so they could ease us, ease people into it instead of just sure. introducing seven because main characters or 14 main characters in 14 well because there's are you counting kids. their their digimon partners yeah. with them seven kids and seven digimon okay well and so if they if it's an isekai isekais are a genre at this point that when digimon yeah. got started i wouldn't say that they really were yeah so they might want to distance themselves from that uh i vote to retain absolutely i also vote to retain same thing i'm retaining uh next up on our list is Kakushigoto. This was my pick for this season. Uh, in episode one of Kakushigoto, a girl goes to a place that implies her father's death. Kakushigoto is a mangaka who draws an ecchi manga and desperately does not want his daughter to find this out, going to great lengths to hide it. His editor, however, does not realize the issues. Uh, Kakushi wants to become more famous and tries, and Hime tries to investigate the mysterious savior of a cat. Uh, then in episode two, Hime's class goes on a trip to the beach, and Kakushi Studio just happens to take a trip to the beach at the same time. Uh, hijinks ensues. Kakushi tries to mess with Hime's trip. The feds raid the manga studio. <laughs> I remember what my title was going to be. Oh, and also in the second episode, uh, they went to a festival and saw a bunch of bootleg merchandise uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. for for Kakushi's manga, and he bought it all up to prevent Hime from seeing it. Uh, <laughs> but then, like, oh my god, it sold so good. <laughs> yeah. so exactly. <laughs> you just have bags and bags of cotton candy in their office afterwards. What were you going to say, Chris, for your so title? My my title was going to be, Hi, I'm I'm Chris. And I think it's just a start. <laughs> so when they're investigating, they're told that there's monsters on this area, which is where um, Kakushi's work is. So she's yeah. like, oh, there's monsters here. Don't go. Um, and so everyone, all of Himea's friends are freaked out. But she's like, guys, it's just a Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, it is Starbucks, all right. <laughs> They didn't go the uh, they didn't go the weathering a few right of just having the actual brand names in there though. Yeah. Well, they probably couldn't afford it. Yeah. Plus, the the whole joke was that Starbucks is a scary place, so why why would you want that in there? <laughs> it's not like uh, it's not like uh, it's not like weathering with you where Macca's is a place of joy. Yeah, it is. Macca's feeds me joy for. Dollar burgers. Okay. Uh, we should probably talk about this actual anime. I really like it so far. Yeah. Uh, it's hitting the, the exact kind of things I expected it to when I voted for it or yeah. when I picked it. Uh, like, it's got 
it's got the uh, kind of the over over the top comedy that I expected it to have, and also the heart. Uh, like in the second episode, Hime had her outfit for the festival. She found it, uh, and they in the house they found boxes uh, of like festival outfits for every year going through 16. Uh, I think with the implication being that uh, her mother made them before she passed mm-hmm. away. Yeah. Uh, and then and then it cuts to the present when she's going around the old house uh, after Kakshi's implied death. Uh, and I think we can say that without spoiling it, right? I think it's... I think it's speculation at this point. Yes. I think we it's... Don't, I th- we don't have confirmation, but it's heavily implied. I think he's dead. Uh, anyway, uh, she finds four more boxes for 16 through 20. And it should be said that he learned to sew after he found out that there were boxes of clothes. For yeah. Her. So he made four more afterwards. So that yeah. way she would think it was him. So that way she didn't. I, I think he did it. So that way she wasn't upset or something, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think probably how this eventually is going to go is that like, it's eventually going to drive a stake between them that he's like, so Devoted to this illusion that it starts to drive a wedge in their relationship. Right, but she says several times, like, I didn't try and figure out either. You right, know, but like... Him having the secrets. Mm-hmm. So I don't I, know. I'm not sure that's what that implies, but anyway. Uh, this show's really good. I think it's going to make me cry later. Yeah. Yeah, the one problem I have is why doesn't he just tell her? Because then she knows he makes dirty manga. Because he's built up this idea in his head that uh it'll ruin their relationship and as someone who kind of struggles with that kind of stuff like sometimes you keep things secret that you don't really need to because you're worried about how people will judge you but most of the time people don't actually care okay john i didn't need that in my life right now um but yeah i just i don't know and i it's one of those things where you just kind of have to like buy into the premise and just go with it Yeah. yeah i think this is something like this show, it's something where I watch it and I feel kind of meh, but then I think back on it and I don't really remember the things I didn't like. I just remember everything that I loved about it. Yeah, that's where I'd have to agree as well. And like there were it was a constant stream of jokes and stuff. And like when they were trapped in the cabin because of the monsoon, they were like, let's draw manga. <laughs> <laughs> and then better was like, oh, that was such a good issue. We haven't yeah. even talked about uh, the side characters yet. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, I really like the all of his assistants in the manga mm-hmm. studio uh, that kind of buy into helping him with his right. deception. And uh, Hime's teacher, who thinks that uh, Kakshi has a crush on her when he doesn't. Yeah. Uh, I think they're, they're fun characters, and I hope they, they get explored more. Yeah, I think they will, because they're all on the OP. <laughs> yeah. And, like, on... On, like, side characters. Like, this show feels kind of like a light mix between Izokin and uh, Somali from last season. Where, like, you're getting... Like, you're not really getting a deep dive into the world of making manga, but you're getting, like, a surface look into how it looks. Right, references to, like, how, oh some artists have to draw completely naked because that's just how they do it, you know? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, some people have a creative process that works for them that should. <laughs> yeah. I remember uh, 
there was a meme that I saw about the guy who draws Berserk actually stopping sitting down to draw a chapter now that coronavirus has happened. <laughs> <laughs> and they captioned it like nature is healing. But he can he can still just play Dragon. But he can Quest. still play Idolmaster. <laughs> it's so funny that he draws Berserk and his game is Idolmaster. Uh anyway, I vote to retain. I vote to retain. Yeah, I'm gonna retain for now. Uh, next up on our list is listeners. In episode one, uh, Echo is a junk scavenger in Liverchester who finds a girl in the trash who is a player. She has an audio jack in her body. Unfortunately, she doesn't know who she is. In this setting, players pilot mechs called equipment to battle shadow monsters called the earless. Echo has who been have building ears. They have ears. Yes. Uh, yikes. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Echo has been building his own equipment, but his mysterious friend leaves after he expresses unwillingness to leave town. The next morning, Earless attacked the town, forcing Echo and his new friend to take action. Uh, <clears throat> Echo gives his new friend the name Mew, based on her necklace, uh, and the mayor mentions a mysterious former player named Jimmy Stonefree. Real subtle there, guys. Part 6 confirmed. Part 6 confirmed indeed. Uh, in the second episode. Partway into their railway journey, Echo and Mew are attacked by Heartless and fight them on a rail bridge. Um, Mew's powers... What? Did I say Heartless? Yes. Damn it. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're not that different, all things considered. Really not. What is this? This week I'm making the JoJo references and John's making the Kingdom Hearts references? What is happening to us? <laughs> I mean, we forgot to mention in Digimon Adventure there is sea salt ice cream in the That ED. is fair. Anyways, sorry, yeah. John. Uh, they, they fight the earless on a rail bridge. Uh, Mew's powers don't work the same as before, and some mysterious black-clothed watchers comment on the battle. Echo and Mew resolve to try and figure out where Mew came from by asking other players. Echo finds himself in a spooky bathroom and gets cornered by the watchers from earlier. These are, this is a long summary. Uh, they are fellow players who ask a lot of questions about Mew that Echo is unable to answer. They ask a lot about a Dada successor and the coming of a new world, much to our hero's confusion. Our enemies seem to be able to control the earless and critique Mew's abilities as a player. Uh, and it kind of ends on a cliffhanger as they're getting screwed over. Uh, there was a lot in those two episodes, yeah. as you can tell by those summaries. Uh, especially the second episode where just like these three characters show up and they're like, bang, 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 all these concepts. I think, I think you... You misspoke the main character's name. I think it's Reverb. I think you should uh, jump in a pit. That's a demerit for using localized stand names. You're fired. <laughs> I'll say the first episode felt fine because I understood mostly what was going on. Oh, yeah. The second, the second episode, episode was kind of an overload of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't I don't think they really controlled the earless. I think it was like a hallucination. I think it was yeah. a hallucination. Are they making the two of them hallucinate? Yeah. Well, because they hallucinated that Echo was there when he's really just still laying in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. In nothing but his boxers. Like, I think this show, this episode feels like it's a two-parter. And they're going to hopefully resolve everything next time. But... Yeah, hopefully. Uh, I don't think we're going to get an explanation of what all these concepts are. I don't think so. But I think they'll figure it out. Like, they'll be the resolve to figure out, I should say. Yeah. But yeah, if, if it becomes kind of their driving to be like, what the heck is a data successor, then that's fine. Yeah. 
Oh, also, music doesn't exist. Uh, and that's I, never really... Yeah. They kind of hint at it with, like, Echo being like, Hey, Mew, what's this hum- What's this thing you're doing with your voice? But like, She's humming, for context. Yeah. And it's hard to tell when she's piling the equipment, which is an amp, we should mention, yeah. that turns yeah. into a giant mech. Um, it's hard to tell if she's actually playing music or not. Yeah, I think... I think the big issue here is that they don't really... Like, there's too much non-diegetic music to really sell the fact that there's no music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, the score does pop off in this show, though. Yeah. So there's a trade-off there. Yeah. yeah. I don't disagree. Uh, it's just, it's like... Ugh. There were some fun music references in the first episode, especially. Like, um, there was a sign that they kept cutting back to in the town called Dream Theater. Uh, Dream Theater is the name of a prog metal band. And uh, the the bar that Echo's sister runs called Oasis, which is obviously a British rock band. I also think that I think the ED is different every time. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Because like the first one ended and they like listed off a bunch of different styles of rock. Mm-hmm. And like I don't remember that happening in the second one. Yeah. Uh, but I, anyway, I, I think that all this being said, I still think the show merits at least a couple more episodes just to see if it can like kind of write itself a little bit after kind of the information overload of the second episode. Because the first episode is really good. I loved the first episode. I thought it was okay. Yeah, I thought it was all right. I will say I did like the joke about how like she didn't know why her special move didn't work. And Echo was just, oh, you need to give it a name. Give it a cool yeah. name. <laughs> Gotta do the shining like, finger. Of course, of course. <laughs> you ever seen that clip from G Gundam? Uh, take this, my love, my hope, and all of my sorrow. Shining finger. No. Nope. Uh, look it up. Look up G Gundam. Uh, that that whole thing. <laughs> uh, anyway, I vote to retain. Uh, I'm. I gotta vote to barely fire. Like I just don't care. Which sucks because I picked this, but yeah, I'm kind of with Andrew on this one. Like, I haven't seen a ton of Mecha, but mm-hmm. and like what I've seen is it's more recent stuff, and it all just kind of is met to me. And this just kind of feels the same. Yeah, well, like they didn't show us the transformation of the equipment from a little amp to the giant robot. That would be awesome. Like, well, they think that just and... violates concentration of mass. They couldn't show that without looking just completely yeah. absurd. Yeah, I... but... And the show isn't? <laughs> I'm fine with them not showing the transformation. It's just... I don't know. And, like, I really I really don't like the jokes where it's like, oh, something... Well, like, oh, it looks like he's masturbating over there. But he's really just looking at the book. Yeah, they did that several times. Yeah. Well, there, there, were, there were a couple different times where, like, Mew assumed that Echo is about to pull his wiener out, but it was something yeah. else. Yeah. And that was kind of weird. Yeah. But I'm still retaining the show. Yeah. Well, I guess, and like, I guess a fun fact about this uh, Mew is voiced by the same Seiyu as Hime from Kakushigoto. Okay. Hmm. And I thought, based on the sound, but I'm going to go look it up right now, okay. that Koichi uh, from JoJo is the same voice as, uh, <clears throat> as, Echo. <laughs> Makes sense. I will say when listening or when watching um 
Upper Ranman, Chris and I both thought that the green-haired person in the intro sounded a lot like Asuksa from... Yeah. Well, either I'm wrong or it hasn't not. been updated yet, so... <laughs> but she's not. Just clarify that. Um, right, anyway. Yeah, uh, so let's move on. So we're, we're split on this one. It'll probably be litigated upon further in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up on our list is My Next Life as a Villainous. Uh, in episode one, Katarina Kleiss bumps her head and realizes that she is the reincarnation of an otaku in her favorite otome game and is accidentally engaged to Prince Jordo. Uh, she starts formulating plans to prevent her character's uh, canon fate, either death or exile. Then in the second episode, uh, Keith and Katarina attend a tea party where Katarina makes a fool of herself. She meets Mary, a flower gardening friend who gives her some gardening tips. Turns out, Mary is engaged to Prince Alan and may have messed up the game's plot line. She winds up fighting a sort of duel with Prince Alan because of it. Uh, <clears throat> I liked this way more than I was expecting to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because it doesn't feel like an isekai. Yeah. It doesn't really come up that much. <laughs> yeah. Or it, well, it, it, it does, but it not in the typical isekai way. I feel like it's She's yeah, just, trying to avoid something. She, like she's I, the difference between a good isekai and kind of an obnoxious one is when they realize that they're in a fantasy world and that they have to work with the constraints of that, right? Rather than being like, "Oh, I'm in a fantasy world. I can own everyone." Right. Yeah. She's like, "Oh, I'm in a fantasy world. I have earth magic. My grandma told me that to get in touch with earth, I have to farm. So I'm gonna farm to better my earth magic." That makes Which sense. everyone se seems to give her the stink eye when she says that. So, that, so I'm not sure that's actually going to turn out to be I, anything. It's fine. It's fine. But yeah. it, it'll probably come up. Somehow the farming is going to save her. Right. It won't be related to her earth magic. I think it's probably just going to be. Like it's just a difference between the OG Katarina and the Katarina now. Yeah. yeah. Because she's already made a big difference in that she's nice to clout to. Uh, I almost said Klaus, but Keith. Uh, her stepbrother, whereas yeah. in the canon version, she bullies him like his entire life. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, and I don't think Mary, like she tries to, she tries to be really rude to the protagonist and keep, block off all of her roots of love is pretty much the reason why she's the villainous in this. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think she's going to do that. Intentionally. Or, intentionally. Yes, that is fair. I so she's, she's kind of, uh, becoming the hero herself by kind of inadvertently romancing all of the game's potential love interests. No, exactly. Of course, we haven't met, met Nickel yet, but... He's, he's going to fall in love with her. Yeah, I'm calling pretty him. clearly. Yeah, I, I think... No, go ahead. I think... Yeah. This is, like, I think a good... In my opinion, a good harem anime. It shows... Like in the typical one, they all the like love interests just kind of fall for the hero, but in a good one, it's treated as three or four, like three or four different romances instead of just one big. Oh, they all just want to do it with them. Yeah, well, and they all like her for different reasons. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> Alan likes her because she climbed tree good. Well, Angie well, told him, like, hey, you're actually good at stuff. Don't live in your brother's shadow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Also that. And then Mary. Which that hit home a yeah. little bit. I'm, well, I'm going to bet that Katarina does not end up with Giordo. 
because no. I think he is a jerk. Because it's shown him kind of like laughing or chuckling when she does something stupid. I'm trying to well, uh, I think that the implication is that like in the canon version of the game, like Jordo and Katarina are both kind of obnoxious when you first meet him, but like you seduce him away from her and he becomes a nice guy after that. Right. Yeah. So he might not go through that arc since uh, That's fair. so much is different. Well, but I... I don't think they're in game, but I'm not sure yeah. what is. I think what's going to end up happening is like, based on how the OP looks like it's going, I think she's going to end up romancing the protagonist herself. Possibly. And she's going to go the secret Yuri route. Yeah. Uh, just like everybody begged for the secret Yaoi route in uh, Katawa Shoujo. Sure. <laughs> I do kind of have to agree with Chris. Like, I don't think this is going to take the typical route of Hiram. Whatever, yeah. you know. Uh, anyway, I like it. I vote to retain. Yeah. I also vote to retain. <laughs> I'm voting to retain, yeah. Also, I can't believe there haven't been more shining jokes with the, how the first episode went. <laughs> <laughs> well, she didn't just fall on her face. She, like, face planted, like, I think it's killed her, so to speak, is kind of the implication of that, right? Well, I think that that happens in the original timeline too right yeah now she falls on her face somehow i think more people know here's johnny from the shining than from the johnny from the tonight show with johnny carson yeah probably <laughs> anyway uh yeah, she must on a door with an axe and yelled here's johnny right or did she not say here's johnny she didn't no she didn't say that i was just making a reference to the shining because she busts down the door with an axe uh I was just referencing the most famous busting down a door with an axe scene in all of cinema. Uh, next up on our list is Tamayomi. I know where this one is. Yeah, John uh, was wanting that baseball earlier. I was. <laughs> this is part of the reason that I was thinking of baseball. Uh, yeah, coincidentally, I watched two different things that talked about baseball today. Uh, anyway, uh, in the first episode, Yomi enters high school and meets uh, Yoshino, another fan of baseball. However, Yomi reveals that she lost her in her first round of playoffs in junior high and that she might be done with baseball. She later runs into Tamaki, the former catcher and her childhood friend. Uh, Tamaki gets Yomi to try throwing the magic ball, which Tamaki somehow catches. She is overjoyed at finding a catcher who can catch her special pitch. Tama and Yomi resolve to make their big return to the good, good ball game. In the second episode, most of the previous baseball team has quit over a scandal last year but a couple of second years registered to keep the club alive, and they are nowhere to be found. Some other students watch, but don't join. They do manage to recruit a second basewoman and a shortstop. They're not great team players, but their talent is undeniable. The two upperclassmen appear to reveal what happened. The team got in trouble for overly harsh practice procedures. Yomi is able to win the upperclassmen by, back by defeating them in a duel between pitcher and batter. <clears throat> uh, I liked this. This was fun. Uh... <clears throat> It's a, it's a, it's an anime about a subject that I actually know more than nothing about. <laughs> and so that was something. I don't want to make it out like I'm some baseball expert. I just know baseball okay. Is that pitch possible? Because it flies pretty much at the batter's face and then drops to the ground. I, there are pitches. Like, I think I think there's a name for that. But yeah, it's called magic it pitch. Is that drastic? Because I, I feel know, like that's no, not... That, something that's that drastic is not typical but there are pitches that are designed I mean, to like fly and whatever and stuff yeah there, there are pitches that are designed to like fly like a strike and then drop low 
Okay. Because I'm like, I don't think this is possible. Like, I know there's stuff like it, but... And I think the main strength of that pitch is probably that, like, they swing at it based on its trajectory, and then it drops like that. Right. The problem is, like with the purple girl, once you see the pitch, you know where it's going to go. Yeah. Well, I think that's why she just has to, like, become a well-rounded pitcher so you can pull it out when she needs yeah. to. I mean, she can already use the fastball. They showed that. Yeah, yeah. She, she can throw just a fastball, too. So that's good. Yeah, because wasn't it she was really good at throwing the fastball, and then they were like, hey, you should try curving it? Or was it she did the curveball, and they were like, hey, you should try to make it hard? Um, It was she was throwing the fastball and stuff, but she was like, I need... I really want to throw the magic ball. Right. I want to throw this pitch that I practiced with um, Tama when no, I was like, younger. Yeah. Like at the opening, she threw it and Tama was like, hey, why don't you try doing it with this also? And that was the impetus for it. Because she didn't perfect it until high school. Middle school? Until middle school. Middle school, yeah. Yeah. Because she can do it with a soft rubber ball, but not with the baseball when she was yeah. a kid at least. Uh, definitely got some some UFO vibes from how like, uh, you know, you got old younger friends re- meeting again in high school, and the upperclassmen are all dramatic about shit that happened last year. Uh, and like they're putting together the team again after it kind of fell by the wayside, which is Was just kind of general Moe tropes. But... Euphonium wasn't really putting together the team again. I I guess not, but well, it, it was about kind of rebuilding the program a little. But like they didn't need to go out and recruit members and build it that way. It was yeah, more convincing everyone who was still in it that they should be good. <laughs> hey, let's. What if we weren't bad? <laughs> we still only have seven positions filled, though. Uh, yeah. So we do I need thought, two more players. We well, there's eight because we have a manager. Well, yeah. Well, she's not going to play. She's a manager, and now I don't remember her name because I didn't put it in my summary. Um, the twin. Yoshino. No, Yoshino is the one that does play. No, Yoshino is the short pigtail. Ibuki is the longer pigtail that does play. I'll take your word for it. But yeah. if if you're if we're if you're wrong, I'm gonna clown on you about it next week. Well, um, <laughs> I wrote down all their names, so I hope I'm right. <laughs> I hope. Uh, anyway, this seems like the kind of moe I like, so I'm gonna vote to retain. Yeah. I'll retain it. Yeah. I don't hate it. Like I, I enjoyed it. I'm just like, I don't know how much I care to see. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate it either. It's just it seems like, like it doesn't feel like it's being inventive with the moe formula, and it feels just kind of the same as most other moe I've seen. Well, there's one every season. Yeah. It's a moe sprouts combining, yeah. but it's, you know. I'm going to fire. Okay, so that's one, uh, but not two or three strikes you're out. Just one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at the old ball game. Uh, next up on our list. And John, the show's pretty new. Die. Okay. <laughs> next up on our list is Wave Listen to Me. Uh, in episode one. Our radio host, Mina Ray, answers fan-submitted questions while pretending to have been cornered by a bear. In the past, a drunk Mina Ray meets Mato, a radio producer, and drunkenly rants about her ex, and almost gets fired from her job. She hears her drunken ranting on the radio and is understandably upset, but gets suckered into recording a radio broadcast. 
And then in the second episode, uh, Minari realizes that she drunkenly consented to having a ramblings broadcast and rapidly becomes something of a local celebrity, winds up uh, nearly losing her previous job and accepting a career in radio. Uh, so, Chris, this was your pick. So why don't you start us off? Yeah, I really liked this episode or this show. I liked how. Like I said this about um, like it feels kind of, again, similar to Aizoken. Where like it takes you into the bit. Where, yeah, like, absolutely. She's, she's she, like the bit on the radio is, oh, there's a bear here. But then animating it, it shows her fighting the bear. Yeah, absolutely. And she just goes <laughs> completely off script. Yeah. And like, I think the main character is really, she's really likable. And Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, she's almost unlikable in the fact that she's very real. Yeah. Like she, oh. she goes on the radio and is like, this is me. Mm -hmm. And what I'll say about her as well is that the reason why she's like, oh, she's so good is because she can improv ramble and not yeah. stutter over her. She can, she can, yeah. she doesn't really stutter yeah. even really, even when drunk, uh, right. she's better at radio than we are. And we do a show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the the advantage that we have over her is that ours is not live, so we can, so Chris can edit out all the dead air and make us sound yeah. way more charismatic than we actually are. Yeah, I, I can I can say, and no one will know I said it. Chris, what did you just say? I don't know. Oh my God, Chris! Oh my God, um, it's King Crimson. I will say I think there was a fourth wall break when Minari and her coworker were talking about how she lies, and she's like, "I didn't lie. Tell me the hour, minute, and frame that I lied." But I don't know if that just meant like situation or if that literally meant frame of the show. It might also just be an expression. It might. I just wanted to point that it's out. It's a weird expression. But it might it might be something that's just kind of lost in like it doesn't make as much sense to us as it does in Japanese. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe it's just kind of a way they translated it that just doesn't make sense. Yeah. I just thought it was worth mentioning. Mm -hmm. I also I also want to give props to Riho Sugiyama, who's the voice, the seiyu for Minare. Hey, giving props to the voice actors is my bit. Then learn the voice actors. Fair. I mean, Chris already did that. <laughs> yeah. Before he said they're the same voice actor. Um, yeah, no, she does a really good job. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, the, the performance is super energetic uh, from, from the gate. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I vote to retain. Absolutely. Uh, I'm very excited to see where this one goes. I also vote to retain. Yeah, I got to vote to retain. I mean, it was good. <laughs> also, it's not set in Tokyo, which I think is neat. Oh, yeah. It's in cool. it's in Sapporo, which is on Hokkaido, yeah, the North Island. I feel like there are... Tokyo isn't like it's not that rare for it to not be Tokyo. I guess it's no. not that pervasive, but it sometimes feels like it is. Yeah. Uh, nothing will ever beat the Saga Prefecture, though. <laughs> yeah. When's season two of that? Delayed. Are you I serious? Don't know. I don't know. Two okay. Of you mentioning the last show. Okay. <laughs> I tried. Last up on our list is Woodpecker Detective Agency. And we only had one episode of this this week. Because, uh, 
I think it was just one. It just started. It was just started later. Mm. The second one came out today. Yeah. Mm. That's why. But we don't we don't talk about the episodes that come out on the day we record. Yeah. Because uh, I don't get up early enough to watch them. <laughs> Andrew rises to record this podcast and then sleeps for the next 23 hours. No, I rise to get dinner. <laughs> and the anyway. podcast just happens to coincide. Exactly. <laughs> this is his sustenance. Anyway, in episode one, uh, Ishikawa is an aspiring poet who, by the time the story starts, seems to be dead. He he and Kyosuke discover a corpse at a brothel. Uh, Ishikawa uh, dis- discovers a knack for detective work after helping the police's investigation uh, and finding that the suspect frames someone else first. Uh, Kyosuke also helps with Ishikawa's rent. In the end, the Woodpecker Detective Office is established. Uh, very much... It's just Japanese Sherlock Holmes, kind of. <laughs> like, you got the weirdo who knows all the detective stuff, and the normal guy who's around to ask him questions so he can explain how he knew the detective stuff. And pay rent. And pay rent. <laughs> yeah. And a housekeeper who's just kind of, the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and then a cop who gets mad at them whenever... Yeah. Um, Idiot cop. Yeah. It's, it's very much just Sherlock Holmes, but that's not the worst thing in the world. I like I liked this episode. Like, the mystery, like, I feel like a lot of times in detective stories, they'll be, to make the detective seem really smart, they'll hide a bunch of information from us, just to be like, oh, this thing that was off screen that you couldn't possibly have noticed is what solved the case. Yeah. Whereas this, I feel like we got the information, like, pretty much at the same time as the Mm -hmm. detective did, so. Yeah. Well, and... I liked how the detective was like, oh, they won't believe me if I just say this, so I have to prove it. So he enacted this whole scheme that was fake, um, just to make the detective believe that his evidence, that his theory was true, which it probably is. He was just like, he's not going to believe me if I just say it, so I got to prove it. Yeah. Uh, It felt longer than the actual length of it for some reason. It did feel long, yeah. I don't know why. just kind of did. I think because a lot was happening. Yeah. It was pretty dense. Uh, not the worst detective show we've talked about mm-hmm. since starting this one. I also like that I mean, they didn't. There's only one of them. What, Chris? I like that they didn't show who did it. Like, they left room. Like, instead of rushing to see, to, like, have the big reveal of who did it and solve the mystery, they just made it about, hey, he's really good at observing stuff and got this and got all this from this scene. Yeah, yeah the, the point of this episode wasn't really the case itself, just, like, Ishikawa discovers that he's got really good at detective work. Yeah. Well, because ultimately he... It's not his job to find out. It wasn't even his job to do any of that. He was still technically a poet at the time, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm fine with that. I do hope that they are able to weave stuff a bit more, not together, but, like, I hope that they're able to do something with this and not just make it like a Sherlock Holmes serial type Sherlock Holmes show. Yeah. I hope they change it up a bit. Mm-hmm. But who knows? We ready to vote? Yeah. I'm actually going to fire this one. I just felt like it was just too slow paced and that the tension just kind of was deflated by it. And it's just, it just wasn't really my thing. I'm gonna retain it. I enjoyed Ishikawa and his lightheartedness to whatever was happening. I thought I thought this episode. I'm going to retain as well. 
I thought it was fine. I It did move a bit slow, but I think it only had one episode, whereas everything else had two, so I'm fine yeah. giving it another week. One fire for that one. I think that's everything for this week. Yes. That's all the anime. Uh, so, first order of business is that Gal and Dinosaur, uh, being the only show that received three fires, is out. Uh, it's been fired. It's going back to the Paleolithic era, or Pale. That's not right. Paleozoic era. Gal and Dinosaur, more like Gal and Puosaur. More like Gal and Dinobore. Oh, uh, okay. Chris got it. Yeah, that's better. Yep. Uh, get out of here. We're we're done with this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So we're down to nine shows already. Uh, yeah. But Chris, do you want to talk about what yes. we're thinking of doing? Uh, unfortunately, Aparanman and Digimon have both been delayed due to the COVID-19 outbreak. They're, they're on sick leave right now. Yeah, they're on sick they leave. They are on sick leave. So we are, we are going to replace them with, the, with two shows that were next on the... Uh, Google poll we did. Yeah, we're, we're still using the poll results, so don't. Yeah. So it's not a subversion of democracy. <laughs> yes, our the next the shows we're replacing them with are uh, "Sing Yesterday to Me" and uh, "Tower of God." And we rolled dice for that, and it could have gone so much worse. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, not that much worse. That's fifty-fifty. Yeah, yeah. If any shows. If any more shows get delayed between now and Friday, we will replace those as well, and we will tweet out to let you guys know. So follow us. Make sure to follow us at Wappercast on Twitter to get updates on the situation. Which you should uh, be doing anyways. Yes. Also, tweet at us if you think, if you agree with our opinions, if you disagree. Uh, let us know what you think and how you're enjoying the show. Uh this has been the first episode. I'm very excited to be doing a new season. Uh, we have nine shows. Let's see where they end up. Uh, Let's see where they go. Let's Who see where you? they go. Ravioli. Who are you, John? I'm the Ravioli boy. I'm John, the CEO of Weebs. I'm Chris, and I th I'm pretty sure this is a stuff. And I'm Andrew, the CEO of making sure only the main characters have interesting character designs, which technically doesn't apply anymore because the show it got is on sick leave. All right. On three. One, two, three. No, Rosagna. Rosagna. <laughs>